0: You're listening to Toolbox for the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals, where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in.
1: Hello, contractors, and welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades, the show where we share the top tricks, tips, and tactics from service professionals worldwide. Today, I'm chatting with Chloe and Ben Davis, the father-daughter duo who run Express Plumbing, Heating, and Air in Idaho. I spoke with them about the power of mentorship, investing in learning, and how implementing best practices is the easiest, hardest thing you'll ever do, but so worth it. After learning from their mentors, Chloe and Ben were able to triple the size of their shop. This is also going to be our season five finale. You may have noticed already, but Toolbox for the Trades is approaching a pretty big milestone. As we prepare for episode 100, please make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also be sure to join our Toolbox for the Trades Facebook group and check out servicetitan.com slash podcast to listen to our back catalog of over 90 episodes. Chloe Davis and Ben Davis from Express Plumbing, Heating and Air in Idaho. Welcome, welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades podcast.
2: Hey, Hey. (laughs) excited to be here.
1: (laughs) I am so excited to have you guys here. You've been a part of the Service community for a really long time. You're some of our most vocal customers. Chloe, you and I have partnered on webinars before. You guys are such advocates, and I just, I'm delighted to have you here. And we're really going to talk today about how you guys have went from being mentees to mentors in just a few years. So I'm really excited about that. But before we even get into that, I'm going to start this podcast the way I do every single one, which is how to you get into the trades? And Ben, you can take this answer first.
0: <laughs> How did I get into the trades? <laughs> well, I guess I was just a young man. I was uh, framing houses way back in 1999. <laughs> 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 and uh, the guy that I was framing houses for, he decided to start a plumbing company up and with another guy. And uh, that didn't work out. So he would always bring the plumbing van to, uh, where we were framing houses. And one day he's like, Hey, can you go run a service call? And I went and ran a service call and I, I did a terrible job for the customer. I think I ran a main line and charged the customer like 40 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, but I fell in love with the trade. I I absolutely love the trade. So I was like, yeah, get out of the framing of the houses and, uh, I actually started my own company right after that. Um, I was 21 years old, I started Triple A and I ran it for nine months and I failed. Tremendous oh, I didn't job. know this. And uh, so nine months, I had like a big phone book bill and all that and I, I, I uh, was trying to sell my equipment and sell everything that I had. So that's how I got my first real plumbing job was
1: uh, calling around the local plumbing shops trying to sell my stuff and they were like oh and you are you a plumbing tech as well and you're like yeah they're like oh come on board (laughs) no no I was a terrible (laughs)
0: plumbing tech I didn't didn't know nothing I I even showed up to the interview with like holes in my paint I was poor I was so poor we were living in a trailer park and yeah I'm really glad they gave me a chance though because it it started a whole new career for me just a path that I I love now truly love
1: Um, And I would love to learn how, and I actually want to clarify real quick. Chloe and Ben, you are a father-daughter duo. I realized that if I did not clarify that already, people would assume you're married. And if they watch the video, they would be like, "Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Um, So Chloe, obviously know how you got into the trades. You were kind of born into it. But, uh, (laughs) But Ben, I would love to, if you could tell me when you started Express Plumbing. So it sounds like you started one business, didn't work out the way you wanted it to, got back into the trade. It provided a great career and a life path for you. So when did you go back out and say, okay, I'm going to try it again.
0: In 2006, just like everybody else in the trade, felt like I could do it better. Uh, Felt like I wasn't being appreciated by my skills and abilities that I had at that time. And the boss ended up saying a couple things to me. There There was a technician that was side jobbing and we jumped in the van to go go spy on him side jobbing and, and confront him on a, on a job in, in our van. And we were sitting out in front of the house and we're watching this technician do a service call with uh, our equipment and our van. And uh, he, he just looked at me and he said, you know, the difference between me and you is that I'm a white collared business owner and you're a blue collar employee and you could never be what I am. So that kind of got my gears running and, I, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I went home and I I talked to my wife and I just said, you know, I really want to give this another shot. And she said, go for it. So 10 days later, I just fired up my own business again and quit my, uh, my job.
1: Nice. And that was in 2006?
0: Yeah, it was May 10th of 2006 was my very first day out on my own. And, um, geez, I didn't know anything. (laughs) oh man
2: you didn't know anything two years ago
0: oh yeah (laughs) talk about a nightmare um i think i started off in a 1989 ford econoline van i just every day i went and got suckers and chocolates and uh, everything that you could imagine i just went door to door to every business in this valley i just hit them all i ended up with Like 191 property management companies, McDonald's, Walmart's. I mean, I I was everywhere by the end of it. It was kind of weird too. Like, my first month was 10 calls, my second month was 20 calls, third month was 40 calls, and it just kind of doubled every time. Uh, I got all the way up to 130 jobs a month within six months and never looked back. I mean, yeah, it was pretty cool.
2: That'd be scary to do that much in a month now. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, we were Chloe. so cheap. <laughs> So Chloe, this was all happening while you were you were growing up. And I would love yeah, to okay. learn um when you first <laughs> decided to join Express officially and uh, you know when you decided to commit to it as a career.
2: Well, it was kind of um right after i graduated high school It was the question of like, all right, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, oh, he's like, well, why don't you, you know, work at Express while you at least, you know, start your college career and start figuring that out. I said, okay. And I had taken a lot of college courses in high school. So I had a lot of credits, but they were to like science and like just stuff to be like a radiologist. So more along that lines. And so started going to school and I was like you know what I'm just gonna go ahead and get an entrepreneurial bachelor's degree because that's gonna teach me everything about business and no matter where I go it would be really good to have that type of knowledge because I think that's any anywhere you go is a business anywhere so I was like this is gonna be really great foundational knowledge and kind of started working at Express I was marketing and I like to put that in quotes because all I did was just post memes <laughs> yes. yeah Chloe's marketing and it's just like that's how I got hired on the the second time around was marketing I had worked a little bit in the call center during like uh summer between uh junior and senior year but after I'd graduated and it's like all right well Chloe's marketing I'm like oh okay so I like the idea behind marketing just because I I knew I didn't know it And that's the part that I really liked. It was like that challenge of like, oh, okay, you know, there is something deeper to marketing. There's a psychological part of it. There's the way you put your colors, you know, the way you use your fonts, like all this stuff. Like I really like the undertones of how you say things or what you do. So I really liked that. But I just, I never really had gotten there at that point in time, so all I did was just post memes or I didn't know what to say about the company or who I was talking to or, you know, I didn't know, had no idea about demographics and how to angle that type of message to them. So I had taken a couple courses in business and it kind of started like rolling a little bit and I'm like clicking and I remember my, First marketing course we had taken we had already shot our first commercial by then and had already done radio commercials oh, yeah. oh our first commercial it's really it's really cool but it does definitely has no target demographic on it and the message isn't clear now that i know that but i remember taking my first marketing course and being like oh this is amazing and i just started loving express more and more um, as I just kept working with it and getting to know the people and just our overall like vision and mission is like it's always been to make it a really good place to work for everybody you know that that's just ever since I was growing up or ever since I had started the company that was just number one goal was like we need to make a place where everybody this is their career they can you know everybody can be successful here so I think that was like the biggest thing that I really liked about it and Definitely in my core now, I think that's, like, my biggest thing I always think about is, like, no, this is, it's not just a business. This is a place that affects, you know, families, a lot of families to keep them food on the table, and it's really cool when you get to hear that, um, you know, an employee who just got on, bought their very first car, and they're driving around, like, pulling it up and it's, it's really cool to watch their lives excel, so I think it was just also in my blood. I can't really pinpoint, like, an exact moment that I'm like, yeah, because... It just kind of blended all together into like, yeah, I'm here. This is awesome. <laughs>
1: That's great. And you've been there now full time for how many years? Like two or three, something like that? Uh, five. 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 Five
2: years. Five. dang. So I graduated, uh, I graduated in 2017. 2017 from
1: got from it. That's right, you and I first got acquainted during, I feel like, the pandemic uh, time yeah, warp, like so I can't. 20 20 20 what's 20, time? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. Those, those, <laughs> those, those years blend years together, to be honest. honest. 2020 yeah. was, not was not a year. Not <laughs> no, it <laughs> was not.
1: <laughs> so I didn't send you guys this question before before ahead of time, I just thought of it now, but Ben, I'm curious, did you ever think of creating a bu- the business as a place for your children to work at, for Chloe to work at one day? Was that ever in your mind? I don't think so. Growing up the way I grew
0: up, I always was expecting the shoe to drop, right? I always expected somebody to take this away from me or for me to lose it somehow. And even as it was growing, there was moments, I mean, I I think every business owner goes through it where you just almost want to quit or shut the door because it's overwhelming what you have to learn or what you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So the first nine years, I would say at least four times in that time period, I, I, I thought I was going to lose it or I thought um, it was going to be taken away from me somehow. So I, it was a job that I was just trying to keep. It's, it's great to have a business and it's great to grow, but you have to grow as a person too. And that's something that we all have to really reflect on if we want to accomplish this, because we are managing people, so we have to come up with a clear vision for them, and uh, you know help them achieve goals too. And you kind of lose that when you're just running with it. Um, you know, you you're so focused on that next bid or that next project, or you know running out here and make sure that we're boring in this line correctly, or um, and you're just working. Yeah, it's like 16-hour days all the time and you're not getting paid very much either. So it's it's a lot of stress. Now I can see that it is that by far. Yeah, it's it's a awesome business with amazing people and has a great culture and and we can we can see it how it is like it, it's kind of untouchable really with the people and the education within it. That's
1: so awesome. Thanks for well, answering yeah, that.
0: I, I, I always thought we're always going to lose it.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I think you really spoke to the first few years of being in business and starting a business. There's so much stress. There's so much stuff you have to focus on what makes the business great now, which is that great culture that you both said, which by the way, total theme throughout this podcast, it's hard to do that when you're just figuring out where's my next job coming from. Am I going to be able to keep the lights on? It's so tough. So, We're gonna get into some of the mentors you guys had uh, a few years ago. Chloe already kind of said about two years ago is when some really cool stuff started happening. But before we get into that, I would love to know how's the company doing today? And you guys can answer that however you want in terms of number of employees, annual revenue, average ticket, whatever you want the world to know. Chloe, you answer that.
2: Oh, you want me to answer that? In terms of how the company's doing? I think our biggest thing is like, every time that we think we have it, we like find something else that we're like oh we could have been doing this better um but definitely lately i feel like our biggest stepping stone has been like our managerial processes and just kind of going back up to that top layer now um so now the company um I'm really excited about HVAC. It's growing at 143% right now per month, which they're killing it. I'm loving it. I'm like, come on HVAC. I want HVAC to be bigger than plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, we, we grew $2 million last year. Uh, we're, our budget's predicting a 10.5 this year um, from what we're going to be doing. And, I couldn't be more happier, more prouder of of all the changes that we have been making and just the more clarity we've been gaining on it. So I think it's more of less of like just our clarity of how to manage people better and have them have clear expectations and goals set for them that I kind of achieve our success off of, not necessarily like, you know, the revenue amount, because that will come like our growth's been coming with that. So we've been really, really proud of that.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so happy for you guys. That's so great. So um, again, you both credited learning and networking to the explosive growth that you guys have had recently, um, all of the ways that you guys are streamlining. And I know a lot of it came just from talking to people, from recruiting mentors. So going into the subject of mentors, who would you say have been some of your most influential? Joe Casera, Uncle Joe. Uh, Uncle, yeah, Uncle Joe.
2: Joe.
0: Definitely one of the I mean, I can barely go a week without him sending me a text message. Or can we have a group with him? Yeah. And he, he sends it like, how's "Hey it guys, going? how's it going? <laughs> and, oh, I'll do a call with you guys next week." He's just got a real special spot in our heart. Yeah, and his knowledge is so extensive on everything. <laughs> um, yeah, Tom Howard. Just for the two days. Two and a half days that he came down to our shop mm-hmm. because he uh, he showed us things that I didn't need. like I used to have bankers come up and bankers always be like, oh, man, you know, your numbers so well, you're so smart. And and when you surround yourself around people that are just telling you that you're good at something, you don't realize how bad you are at something and having tom howard come down here it was like oh wow we're He's not like, good at anything do
2: you know this do you know that and Yeah. We're like oh that's a thing <laughs> that's a number you need to track <laughs> so,
0: to see that guy like spin off for two and a half days and and he just jumped from one thing to the next and next he he created us a budget and then he mm-hmm. chopped up our overhead and then he showed us how to chop up our overhead per employee that we had. And then he drew a big circle on the board and he's like, okay, this is your marketing dollars. Now watch this. And I mean, he just like blew our minds for two and a half days and then he just vanished like a little, you know. <laughs> like, like a
2: little, yeah. <laughs> he's like a, just a, a lucky
0: charm. Just gone.
1: Yeah, just gone. Bye. <laughs> yeah,
0: <just gone> <laughs> and uh, we're like, come back, you know. like
2: He just blew yeah,
1: our minds. Yeah, visit us
0: again. But he, to me, like what he was doing, because he gave me a call and he's like, "Hey, how's it going? How's your business going?" And I kind of talked to him, and he's like, "Oh, well, I'll come down in a couple of weeks and uh, maybe a month, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll kind of dissect it and see what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong." And that was on a Thursday. Then he calls up on a Friday morning. He's like, "I'll be there Monday." I'm like, geez Louise, like, we're not so even." We're like,
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> um,
0: but from there on, I mean, I, I like text him every once in a while, or I'll I'll, I'll send him a gift, you know, like you're number one. I'm <laughs> um, more or less just mess with him at this point in time. I don't really get any valuable information from him anymore, just because he's fun to mess with. I mean, he's a great guy and um,
2: very smart. Very smart.
0: You know, we get to the point where we have most of the answers and it's not a matter of getting any more answers. It's a matter of applying every day. So that's the big wall that we're against. Like we can go out and we can talk to Ishmael or Tom, Tommy Mello or Tom Howard or, you know, uh, Al Levy. We have so many friends that we can network with all the time. Like, Al blew our mind.
2: Yeah. What, man, he is so smart, too. He, oh, yeah. He blew our mind. He sits down there, he just laces it out, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I knew it all once again. You never know it all, but, man, he he can definitely just, oh, that's your problem? Okay, here's your solutions. All right, now you're good. And you're like oh, okay, was that easy? <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> well, then he sent any emails. And then, yeah. I mean, these guys just... Oh, they, they care they so care, much. Yeah, so much about the industry. And they dive so deep into helping us. But then we just have to go quiet for a while because, I mean, we have to apply. And applying can take three months, six months. I mean, it takes a long time to put something new in place and then oh. test it out for a long period of time. So we visited like 10 shops We had a whole bunch of shops come to our shop. We had uh, a whole bunch of uh, training coaches come to our shop. We Mm -hmm. just like we threw out $350,000 to learn in the last two years. And this year we, we cut that budget down to almost zero. And we're just trying to put every piece into play that that these awesome people have taught us because
2: that's what we can do to show them that we we've listened and that we really love their valuable information they gave us you know i think that was like one of our biggest struggles in terms of our like us mentoring others is like we noticed that you know we would say all right here it is x y and z and next meeting K, G, X, Y, and z no i didn't have time you're like you're always going to be busy so stop with that that you know, you have to focus on your vital few, what's urgent and what's important that you need to get done today because 20% of what you do gets you 80% of the results. So when we listen to all of our mentors and, these you, you know, everybody that we love tell us, you know, hey, you need to do this, this, and this. We're like, now we need to get to the point where it's like, let's just put our nose to the ground and just run with it and apply as much as we can. I mean, we were applying during it, but, you know, you just hear so many amazing ideas.
0: Yeah. yeah. Everybody, everybody does, does everything,
2: everything just, just slightly, slightly different. And I'm gonna be honest, I've I've seen a lot of different companies and there there isn't I mean, there, I mean, obviously there is, but there honestly isn't like a wrong way to run your business. It's about doing it consistently. You have to be disciplined to do that every single day, every hour on the hour. So that's where we're getting to the point where it's like, okay, we've learned all this stuff. Let's just pick the one way, do it consistently. And then when we want to make it more efficient and more effective, then we can start making those tiny tweaks that everybody's talking about. But that's, that's the cool part and the hard part about reaching out so much is that everybody has their own opinions and ways to do it. And it, it is working for them. Everybody's doing something right and everybody's doing something wrong.
1: I love everything you all just said for the last few minutes. Um, and I just want to tell you, Chloe, that you just echoed the words of Jamie DiDomenico, who was the founder of Cool Today, who when he came on the podcast, he <laughs> said, doesn't matter if you learn all these things. All it matters is that you implement and you're consistent with it. So I just wanted to make that because Jamie's a very successful yeah. business person. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: And uh secret sauce. It's all about just applying it. There's no secret way to do a business. I'm gonna be honest. Everything that we've learned, there's no secret to it. Matter of fact, we were trying to complicate it too much. Yeah. Oh, it can't be that easy. Oh, the the KPIs can't be this simple. No, they are. So stop complicating them. It was like the biggest thing we had to get over our brain. Like we we you know talked to our leadership team and sometimes the response was like, well we don't know it or we don't know the standard. We're like uh uh You were trained four different times on this. You just need to believe it and stick with it. So just applying is like the biggest thing. Even if it is, you don't know 100% if it is the right way. Just apply it. Just run.
1: Yeah, and I just want to highlight real quick, because you just threw out a bunch of names, all of which have been on the podcast, by the way. So thank you for validating <laughs> my guest choice. Al Levy, he really preaches org charts and organizational settings. Um, Ishmael Valdez from NextGen and Tom Howard from Service Titan really preach KPIs. And Joe Crisara really big into sales processes. Um, yes. I think yes. you threw in another That's name all, in there, too. All of
2: those right there is like how to run a business.
1: Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> org charts and processes. You make
1: them all your Friends, you're going to be
2: perfectly fine. That's it. That's your business like, right there. <laughs> That's
1: the secret sauce, honestly. Um, so, and I love that you just went into, okay, we put, and I really just want to, I wish I could give you both like nice hugs for way to put so <laughs> much money into learning and development. That is awesome. Um, so now that you guys have taken a step back, you're mentoring other shops, which we'll get to in a second. I want to know like what process do you go through internally amongst each other, maybe among your leadership team where you figure out, okay. We learned this from Joe. We're going to implement it and we're going to track it. Like, what does that process look like when you actually identify a new thing you want to try out? Um, How do you implement it? How do you measure it? What does that look like? Um,
2: you want to take it or you want to take it? <laughs> it? Definitely implementing it. Um, it's got to be their idea. It can't just be, unfortunately, like what Joe says or what these people say. It's got to be their idea. You know, people are going to push it harder when they actually have a say and are able to help. So what we have implemented isn't 100% of what we've learned, even though we know that that way is better you know it's it's gotta be what that team what our team believes in because when they believe in it and they helped create it in some capacity even if we have a template or something to create it off of they're going to stick to it more and believe in it more so that was that was the area that we were having struggles with is like okay boom joe process done in a box can sell now We didn't sell. No, like not, not what we were wanting to, not the goals that we were wanting to hit. So it got to the point where we had to take a step back and look at our leadership team and say, do you even believe in this? And they're like, well, we watched the videos and you're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I love, I love our team. They're amazing. Um, but this is what all businesses are going to struggle with just so you know so you can't just hire a sales company and be like boom boom pat's off the back here it is there's your sales system no you have to make it your way the express way the you know whatever your name company is you can't just be oh this is this way no, it, um, you know, like service MVP way, which is that's what our, our foundation is built off of, but it has to be our way. So once we finally sit down and get the leadership team to write it down, we literally put the steps and then why we do each step. Why is each step valuable? And it, it turns out to be a pretty big document, but you have to explain the why to your employees. Why do we do this step? Why do we put out a rug at the door? Like they have to understand that it's not just a step that you need to follow. There's actual value behind it and there's a certain result you'll get from it. So everything down from just handing over a business card, we put down the whys. Um, And then after that, we said, hey, here are the standard KPIs. All right, now let's go ahead and just start um, coaching guys and evaluating them on their process, seeing what they need, what their strengths are and what their opportunity for improvement are sit down with them, go over goals, launch them out there, bring them back with the follow-up. Are they doing it? It's just a whole accountability process that you have to implement and maintain.
0: Well, and we sent out, so we made the management team come up with their own process on it, and then we sent the management team out in the field and made them complete the process so so they believed in it, so they knew it worked. The biggest thing is it, it ended up being where nobody believed in it, and we're just making people watch videos or we're making people memorize a script, but they they don't they didn't believe in it. So once we came up with our own, they came up with their own, then they were able to practice it on their own. And then they truly did believe in it. Like we sent out uh, Brad, which has uh, been our COO of the company for 11 years. He's been out in the field for, well, he went out in the field for about a month and he crushed it.
1: He freaking killed
2: he it.
0: Crushed yeah.
2: it. <laughs> That's he crushed it. Cuz he uh, Oh my god. It was amazing. So like proud. average
0: ticket of like $2600. Uh customers are raving about it. 100% him. close
2: rate. Like it was amazing. Blowing my mind. But he was the one that when we role played with him, like role play, okay? Role play constantly. Um when we role played with him, he was the one that naturally did it and got every single step from memory. My mind was blown. I'm like How come you haven't been pushing this out, dude? Like, you know it like the back of your hand, you know. But yeah, he went out there and freaking killed it, which is awesome. But I think we all hear that expression of don't work um, in your business, work on your business. Well, there's a certain point in time where you get big enough where you have to work a little bit in And then on your business and i heard that from um anna yano from rhino strategic solutions she did a podcast with chris and they they kind of really talked about that and i really like that expression because i've heard that a lot you know work on your business not in but at a certain point in time you get so disconnected from those processes and from what your your standards are that you don't really know if they're achievable, if they're clearly communicated or whatever it may be. So when we did send out our management team back in it, it was like, hey, work in and on. Now you have firsthand experience of what these texts are going through, not just sitting back and saying, hey, we should do this. Well. Okay, so but what what do they feel like out in the field when we implement something like that? Is it actually efficient? Is it effective or is it a nuisance? You can't mess with these guys' head, you know, they gotta go out there and they gotta perform really well. So support them in the field by making processes that are really good to follow that make their jobs as efficient as possible.
0: Being part of the Rhino family is amazing.
2: Yeah. Rhino right Rhino
0: right I've had I've I,
2: oh, I almost did like a like a, like a <laughs> I guess it's just like a one like little like unicorn right <laughs> over.
1: <laughs> We've had Chris on this podcast too, so yeah, and his podcast yeah, is wonderful I love Chris. as love Chris.
2: well. I yeah, love, love Anna. Yeah, they're great. She's um, the she's the real real <laughs> deal over there. I love yeah, her. <laughs> Power hops, amazing.
1: I just want to recap what you said, because again, it was just so good. It's like, you're not only defining the why of why you do these processes, but you're also inviting feedback and allowing collaboration with your team members, with your management team. So you guys, as the owners, aren't this, we are doing it this way because this person told me it's like, Hey, this person told me this, like, what do you think about that? Like, let's talk about it. Let's see if we can make it work for us. I I love that approach. Well, that's when the
0: real results started clicking. Yeah, and, I mean, we just had so many people come into our shop and so many people trying to make us change direction. And then we were going to other shops and we were learning little bits and pieces and trying to change directions. But until we made it our own, um, it, it it didn't take off like a rocket ship like it is now, which is yeah. absolutely amazing. And so blessed.
2: It was it was really amazing, too, because we had, you know, Service Titan, which is an absolutely amazing tool where we were able to get these KPIs and get these standards and then be able to use forms and content portal. We use content portal a lot for more like individual interactions. So when these guys set up goals, their uh, their goals are only published for them so they can constantly see like what's their next goal they want to hit. Um, we also utilize it for publishing the express way. So we published it, we gave them a whole week to read it, and then we brought every single tech in, um, in groups or one-on-one, and sat them down, what do you think is this achievable, you know, and got their verbal and physical commitment to doing it. Because yep. it wasn't like just us publishing it and the leadership team believing it. It was, okay, guys, bringing them in and saying, how do you feel about these goals, and went over everything with all the way down to how that affected the profitability of the company for them. So they were able to see a breakdown of that. And every single one of them, like, it was really great to see it because once it was published, you could tell that people were like, oh. But once he sat down with everybody and went over it and talked to explain it to him and coached them over some mental barriers, there was a couple of guys that had some mental barriers, um, you know, that they, they were feeling, you know, kind of torn between the standard and how they could achieve it but we were able to bring him in and help tear it down and i am so proud of like some of these guys like light switch like crazy light switches out there and we're just pumping them up and so excited to see it um so it was really cool getting their their verbal and written commitment that this is achievable and that They do believe in it. And if they had anything they wanted to say to us, we listened and, you know, we would bring it back and talk about it and then publish what we thought was, you know, a good tweak um, to the standard process. So it was really cool listening to their feedback and getting that. That love.
1: That's awesome. It's so cool
0: that we're coming to you live from Van 145. Yeah,
2: from like, Van 145. This is a
0: real van. Like we're live inside of a real van. Right this now. is a
2: real service van. Just yeah. so you know. This baby's got
0: thirty thousand miles
1: on it. It's already done a couple million. She
2: got a. She got full ticket gas today. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Guys, if I had a driveway and I could broadcast to my podcast from a van, you know I would. Um, <laughs> for anyone who's not watching the video, we have we upload this video on YouTube. Some, most people listen to it on the podcast feed, but Ben and Chloe uh, have a wonderful van set up. It looks very clean from what I can say, by the way. like it looks very yeah, clean. That's
0: our standard. This is our favorite
1: guys's vans. Uh, mm-hmm. His name is
0: Chance. Uh, m- one of the most amazing technicians you've ever seen in his life. And the only reason why the van's here right now is because... He's having heart surgery. He had heart surgery yesterday.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he had a stroke two months ago, 25 years old, and he had a stroke.
2: During work, too. Um, he uh, he called up management, and Brad, like, sprinted, drove over there to go pick him up and drove him to the hospital. Like, he had a stroke while he was, like, in the van and pulled over, and Brad went and, like, took him to the hospital and everything. And. So-
0: He'll be back to it with us by the end of the month. Yeah. Um, we're taking care of him fully right now but
2: yeah this this
0: van's lucky. This I mean the guy that rides around this van gets hundreds of five-star reviews, crushes it every day. Um amazing guy. We love Chance. Yeah,
2: he's just one of those like really genuine just just amazing, amazing people. Like he's just so ethical, moral, happy like I don't know. He's kind of like the perfect tech in my opinion, just because of like really his is. overall yeah. personality and abilities to work. So, um, I'm, I'm very proud to have him on our team. He's, he's oh, Amazing.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, ben can't... hired him.
2: <laughs> ben met him at a funeral and hired him on the spot. <laughs> my,
0: my best friend died and he, he was related to my best friend. So I, I saw him across the way and I'm like, Oh my goodness, I got to go talk to that guy. And, uh, I, Convinced him to quit his job and and come be a plumber for me.
1: Well, uh, that is certainly one recruiting strategy we have not heard on the podcast <laughs> yet. But uh good to know. Always be recruiting. Not not ABC. Yes, not ABC. It, wait, is it ABC? Always be closing. Yeah, no, it's ABR. Always be recruiting. Yeah. Parentheses, yeah. even yeah. when at a funeral. Okay, so you guys <laughs> have learned so much from mentors. I want to talk about now how you guys are starting to become mentors because you you're having a lot of folks visit your shop you're really open you always invite people to come when they do Uh, what are the top tactics and insights that you like to share i know we've probably covered a few of them but is there any big ones that come to mind
0: well we we started training or you know meeting with companies every two weeks uh we had four companies that we were meeting with every two weeks Um, It was great. We saw some of them be able to grow a million, million and a half within a short period of time um, just by applying things. I think the thing that we learned the most was this is so big and there's so many pieces to it. It's really I mean, we can boost them up. We can inspire them Mm -hmm. and we can give them like a couple little pieces. But to get them to recognize the whole picture is so hard to do. And a lot of times they slide right back into their old spots that they were. Yeah. Or they just won't do something like buy a van, or they they just won't change. Um, So it did become a little frustrating for us because, you uh, you know, if they miss a meeting with us, like we're free, we're not even charging them. And we're like, oh, come on, you missed the meeting. Like this is ridiculous. Or it was like every week or every other week, we're telling them to do the same thing, and they're just not doing it. So then we go two months, and we're like, "Guys, you have to change your ways. You have to change."
2: And then they'll do it like three months after I was telling them to do it, and they're like, "Wow, you're right." We're like, "Oh," but then we yeah. tell them to do something else, and then it takes even more. Like it, it wasn't necessarily like a, like a like you push a ball off of a mountain and it started getting snow. It was like we pushed it a little bit on a flat surface, and then pushed it again. So.
0: Sorry. There was, was a couple a companies, though. Uh, Aaron Quality Plumbing Today. Oh, man. That guy is a beast.
1: He just uh, runs like Chris water. Hunter
0: hooked me up with that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was buying a septic truck, and Chris Hunter told him to call me because I have septic trucks. But that kid applies everything you tell him. He'll do it, like, right on the spot and uh, grows really quickly.
2: We're like, go, why don't you go buy a van or two? And he's like, I bought three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had a lot of shops come to our shop, mm-hmm. which we 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 would give them a week, and we would break down um, everything. Everything. So we would break down our forecasted budget, our capacity planning,
2: KPIs, all of
0: our KPIs that we track. They would be part of our daily huddle.
2: They could go on a service van ride with techs.
0: Yeah. So we didn't we mm-hmm. didn't hold anything back. Mm-hmm. Whatever we learned or whatever we did, every day we just invested full days into these companies. Um, just to try to give them something that was never given to us.
2: i also coach them on their service, Titan Profiles, to yeah, help them rebuild that. Um, get that KPI. Because I know, like, Titan, there's a lot of different ways you could do that. So taking a step back and just helping kind of explain, like, the best ways to do things in Titan to and how to understand the KPIs you're getting. Like, even to this day, I get a lot of our leadership team that comes up to me and is like, how is this calculated? I'm like, oh, I've explained this like four times, but I don't, I mean, I do mind, but sometimes I don't. I'm like, all right, I got to explain it again. It just keeps me on my toes, but I definitely take for granted, like how well I know Titans link together and how, yeah. how everything's calculated. Um, Cause I could, I could pull out everything and tell you, you know how every tiny little KPI is calculated in Titan, but a lot of the team and the people we're coaching had no idea. So their average ticket they had no idea what it was actually calculating at their average ticket, so it's kinda of hard for to the help of them manage their KPIs. That's why it's hard too when you're, you know, on the all the different groups and people are talking about their KPIs and average tickets. I think one of my favorites was somebody had just gone on Titan. They're like, my average ticket's lower than my other program. How do I make it go up? And I was like, oh my gosh, do you know how it was calculated before so you get the same calculations so you can guarantee similar results to your transition? Or do you want to calculate it differently? Yeah, there's just a lot of questions I had with that one. I was like, oh, okay.
0: It was, uh, you know, trying to teach guys not to, uh, like, shame their people. Yeah. Like uh, he's the, he doesn't know how to fill out invoices, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go in front of his peers and uh. rub his nose in it. I'm like, don't do that, you know. Or I think the most exciting part about having him here for a week was watching my whole entire team yeah. have to train another company. It actually benefited us quite a bit um, to watch, you know, th- our project manager have to train another company, or a technician have to train another company, or us yeah. even have to explain everything that we do do. Because sometimes we'd be like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe we should change this yeah, because like,
2: oh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't quite make it, sense like, when it. I think the other thing that we're realizing though, and Ben and I were kind of talking about it the other day, was just, just how complex it actually is. Like if we were to, just us, talk to ourselves two, three, four years ago, like just us right now talking to our past selves, it would have gone all over our head and we would have said that wouldn't doesn't work too. So there's, a, there's another part behind actually seeing everything click together rather than being told how to do it. Because uh, one action in your business affects a bunch of other areas, you, indirectly or directly. So you never know what results you're actually gonna get, especially when you're changing so much so quickly um, because everything interacts with each other. Your business is a living, breathing person and it's got a lot of people in there with a lot of emotions so it is really hard to change a lot. But if we were to explain what we're doing nowadays, oh my gosh, I think we would laugh at our faces. <laughs> like, yeah. you're doing what? That doesn't work. You can't do that. Don't get... Yeah. So I think I think it's a grain of salt, too, with a company that's learning because there's other things they have to learn prior to the knowledge we already have that we had to quickly run with. Or just well. trying
0: to get a guy to stop getting in a van. You're like... yeah. So you're going to stop running service calls, right? And then you talk to him two weeks later. He's like, still oh, oh, I'm still in a van. You're like, oh, my God.
2: See, that's you the know. phase where you need to work on your business, not in your business. We're at the phase where you need to work a little in and then on. <laughs> yeah, the feedback
1: loop, right? Um, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, the way you guys had set that up, thats so generous to have so many be like roll out the carpet literally for them. and be like, OK, come check out what we are. But I also think... People change when they're ready to. That's my opinion, just from running this podcast and from life. And I think you guys, having gone through this journey yourselves exactly and if we had talked to ourselves four years ago be like what like it really is it's so it's really rare (laughs) yeah it's so rare to get them at that point where they're ready for the change but i love that you guys have given so much back to the community um and i think that speaks a lot to your character that you're willing to help and just hey yep come come out come on down see what we've got going on here
0: yeah we had like a shop a month for a while there and it was it was a lot it was
2: it was. It's a still lot. really fun to watch, like, who we can still influence. Like, we give them so much that it does take a really long time to continue to apply everything that we have taught them. Like, they're taking notes the whole time, and they go back with, like, a list of, like, oh, so much to apply. So, I think a lot of the people that still had came to our shop, it's still really cool to to watch them still apply and yeah. have those type of learning curves. So
0: Yeah, there's three shops that we're still rooting for, like, yeah. big time. Yeah. Like, um, we We love them to death and and they're they're still doing a really good job, and they're still growing really well, you know and and that's not bad out of a dozen
2: Yeah.
1: it's really not, it's three, it's
2: three. It's really not. Three, and three, like we are running for
1: it. Even if there's some folks that have visited your shop and maybe they haven't implemented the way you wanted them to, two, three years from now, they could meet someone else and be like, oh, crap, this is what Ben and Chloe were telling me about. And oh, then yeah. They yeah, yeah. Back. <laughs> We also still
2: do that. I think we still reference the time we visited Next Gen. We're like, oh, that's what today. he meant. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like it's just because you're just not. Yeah, I agree. You're just not ready for that or you just don't have the other foundational knowledge behind it to fully appreciate what information is being given to you yeah. but yeah we still do that to this day oh. we replay that
0: that that day that ish gave us like all the time because ishmael man he he had it so dialed in and and we were such a small fish when we went and visited him so but we took a whole bunch of notes and as we've grown we've tripled in size since we visited ishmael so now now we're starting to hit those different levels we're like gotcha
2: oh, awesome yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's so funny. It's It's like almost like you just hit your head. Like, ah, really? (laughs) It was. And once again, it's so easy. We were overcomplicating it when we heard him, or when we heard anybody bigger than us talk. We were overcomplicating it. We're like, it's no way. It's that easy. No, it is. It is that easy. Don't business is not hard. It's the easiest, hardest thing you'll ever have to do.
0: You have to put effort towards it, and you have to inspire people. You know, but um, yeah and be consistent
2: yep it's yeah it's been it's been the easiest hardest thing we'll have to do like i said once we get something implemented and it's rolling it's so easy but it's hard to you know identify that get the whole team to change do it consistently move um, inspire people inspire people to do it yeah it's it's easiest hardest thing you'll ever have to do
1: that might be the title of this episode, Chloe. <laughs> um, I've really, I have to say, guys, I've really enjoyed this conversation about mentorship. I don't think we've had this kind of conversation on the podcast before, and I think it's totally needed. And I love your perspective of just having gotten all that information, figuring out how to implement it, and now trying to teach it to others and seeing like how some people get it, some people don't. I mean, it's I think it's great. It's wonderful. So I want to we're, we're almost at time. So I want to give you the opportunity, opportunity to geek out on anything that you may want to geek out on, but you haven't been able to geek out on yet in the context of this podcast.
2: Oh, I think my favorite thing that we've been uh, especially just fine tuning is the, the accountability process as well. I'm um, just trying to make it as easy as possible for the management team to be able to keep up on who you know, what technicians and what part of the process of accountability, you know, whether that is the curbside evaluation, the ride along all the way up to a, maybe a team consulting. And then afterwards the follow up to see if they actually met their goals. But that has been definitely, especially for somebody that's taking on more than eight points of contact for, you know, direct reports. It is a little bit overbearing just because they have so many people they have to put through that. So, um, I don't know if anybody else has utilized this, but it's monday.com. I have absolutely loved it. Um, it's been one of my favorite things to build out, and you can automate a lot of things. The biggest reason why is because I just love how Service Titan operates, and I love everything I can do with it. So, um, love the module dashboard, but I do sometimes have some KPI barriers with it, um, especially for my managers and having multiple divisions and multiple trades. Um, having the module dashboard, yes, I can filter the business units, but there's other things that we need for you know each division, such as plumbing or HVAC or you know our septic division that it's a lot easier with the separate dashboards. So we've been utilizing custom dashboards a lot and just making sure that we have, yes, the guys who are not performing, but also the guys who are are performing. Like I feel like a lot of times the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So as part of your accountability process, accountability is not a bad thing. It's a service you do for your employees. It's a service. And Joe taught me that, Uncle Joe taught me that. Being a dispatcher when you're holding guys accountable, it's just a service for them. So as a manager or an owner, when you're holding people accountable for results, It's a service and you're giving them everything, a clear standard, a clear way to get that standard achieved and any coaching that they need and you're putting it in their hands. So it's no longer that Jimmy's not at the standard, what are we gonna do about Jimmy? It's okay, Jimmy's not at the standard. Let's go do a curbside with him. Okay, here's what he needs to work on. Hey, Jimmy, and always has to be positive. Here are the four strengths and three opportunities for improvement. Let's pick two opportunities for improvement you're gonna work on in the next 14 days. And here's your action steps. And then once that happens, following up, did you meet your goals? And so getting people because we um, Ben has brought up a lot of guys from the field into management. So management's a different skill. So if you have a really good technician, keep him there. (laughs) keep him there because management's a completely different skill it's one thing to do it's another to actually hold people accountable and have that discipline of following back up and just sticking to that standard you have to stick to that standard it's not the person it's the process so when they're not performing it's not because of them it's because they're not doing a step in the process and if they're doing the process 100 of the time but we're not achieving the kpis we need then it's the process so we got to tweak that so it's, it's shifting their mindset to be able to stop thinking about it's the person. And it's really hard when you do take a technician out from the field and make him a manager. You really have to realize that you need to give him a management system because your manage, managers are going to manage based off the system you give them. So if you just bring them up and just let them go willy nilly, they're gonna be doing a lot of lip service, they're gonna be doing a lot more personal attacks, you know, and and not really meaning to, because that's how they feel a manager is. The word manager has a really bad stigma to it, and people think it's actually managing people. You are never managing a person when you're a manager, never. So if you think that as a manager, I need 10 people to be a good manager, no. You manage a process, you do not manage people at the end of the day. So they have to get that thought process in their head. And I think that's where a lot of that transitional periods, like people are like, well, we need to hire our first manager or when do we hire this manager? Cause they see how many managers we have. Um, and we're like, hold it up. No, 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 no. Yeah. Do you have a process that you can hand off to somebody? And that's my first question to you. Cause my favorite was like, yeah, they're, they're an office manager. And I'm like, okay, did you have you have an operation manual, a job description, the tasks that they need to be doing, any way to measure their performance? No, we just gave her the title. I'm like, oh, no. Well, no wonder why you having behavioral issues with this individual. You gave him a title, everybody loves titles, but if it doesn't have actual, you know, metrics to be able to measure, then they're just gonna be seeking attention through doing actions, keeping themselves busy. Oh, I got this little tiny thing done. Well, Amanda, that's actually not what we want you to do. But how's Amanda supposed to know? She can't read your mind of what you think an office manager should be doing. Yeah,
0: a lot of times we want to get away from it, right? We're like, oh, I'm so tired of uh, managing people. I'm so tired of talking to these technicians or whatever the case is. So I'm going to hire my first manager so I can get away from doing this task all the time. And that's the wrong way to look at it because you're not handing over a process to, you know, treat those people the right way, you're handing over a problem. You're like, I don't want to do this anymore, so I'm gonna hire Bob over here to start doing it for me. And
2: hope Bob can do it better.
0: Yeah, and it's, <laughs> Bob's never
2: gonna be able to do it better. <laughs> you
0: see, so many times the the companies fall apart right after that, or you know, it's just such a, a wrecking mm-hmm. ball. So definitely create a process, learn the process, and and hand over a process to your new manager, and then hold them accountable for that process. Don't hand over a problem to your manager, yep. but anything below 5 million, they're handing over problems. They're not handing over processes and that's super frustrating.
2: That's, um, we were at a point where like we had so many managers in our office, um, yeah. <laughs> they kept waiting to hire people to do like, oh, we need somebody to do data entry. And we're like, well, doesn't the CFO you and the office manager did data entry? Like, Why do you guys need a part-time data entry person? Like, What yeah, is like going on?
0: 52 people oh at gosh. $5 million. And now we're at 39 people at $10 million.
2: It's not how many people we have in the company. If you ever are like, I want to make it to 100. OK, but what does that look like? How many seats in the bus are you going to have? How many are going to yeah. be technicians? Did you know there's actually a ratio to that? <laughs> two to one, two
0: in the field, one in the office. Um, you're trying to look for every single, you know, I was talking to Ken uh, the other day, and um,
2: Ken Gooderich.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you dropped this name, Ben. would you like it? Would you yeah, like it back? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was talking to Ken the other day, and we were talking about numbers and uh, you know, how you're trying to get um, you know two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars out of each one of your employees a year and you have the two to one ratio from your field to your office. And he goes, well, yeah, but that's been the same number that we've been trying to do since the 90s. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same number we're trying to do nowadays, too.
2: Even with more technology, it's <laughs> more efficient. Oh, my goodness. That's my biggest thing is, like, nobody automates anything. So we always have to go around and double check. How are you doing this? Because, you know, we'll tell them, hey, you need to fix this. And we'll kind of watch them build a new process. But you have to double check that process because a lot of times it's like, yeah, so I haven't put in this document, this, this, and this. I'm like, why you just have search Titan email you a report. You know, it's Titan auto emails reports to you, right? And they're like, Oh yeah And I was like, Yeah wow. <laughs> So it it's was, always helping them too with that.
0: <laughs> it's a lot funner nowadays. And as you yeah. can tell, she's super smart, so she keeps uh, yeah. on track. and
2: I give him uh, the stink eye around, right and then I'm like, what, yeah. are you, what are you doing over there?
0: Because yeah. I'm still like a, you know. I, I Wild know, card. Like a, yeah, I'm like a flamingo or something. Let me I, fly. I, I, yeah, I, I like to put wrenches in everything or, or you know. I have Question
2: the, a lot. The controller
0: of the company, the CFO of the company is like, stop spending money. And I'm like, oh, but we need this. So
2: he like takes her down, like, all right, let's go get this. Yeah,
0: I'm like, if I make her buy it, <laughs> then I don't get in trouble for buying. Then it's technically in.
2: approved. It's auto approved that way. <laughs> it's Like whatever. Are... Oh my uh, god! It's, it's fun. It's it's fun now. Yeah. So
0: much fun.
1: fun. I love the dynamic, guys. I really do. Um, I want. I have two more questions for you. And by the way, the answers to the, the your answers to the geek out question. Best answers I've heard so far. So thank you. <laughs> okay. So if you guys could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice uh, from early in your career, what would it be?
2: Just keep going. I don't know. I, I think, like, everything that I've learned, I've had to have learned at that point in time. Yes, I do yeah. wish I could have ran faster and gotten the knowledge faster. I feel like everybody does once they finally learn it. But one of the biggest sayings I've heard is even popcorn is all in the same oil and it's all the same temperature, but the kernels don't pop at the same time. So having to take that step back and realizing, like, okay... I yes, I wish I could have like told myself this much, but like I was saying, like I wouldn't have gone. It. it would have gone over my head. Any piece of advice that I would have given would have like pfft. so it, yeah. it,
0: every piece just came in at the right time. Like we would learn something and apply it, and then we'd learn something else and I don't think we would have believed in some of the pieces that we're doing now. Even if we were able to tell ourselves it five years ago, I we, there's no way we could have envisioned that it be working in we, that way. We
2: wouldn't really understand like the true purpose behind it either, and believed in it as much. It would have been empty if we would have given ourselves like that type of advice. It, it just would have been an empty thing that we applied versus what we have been doing. That's why we believe in it so much and that's why we push so hard. It's because we have all this foundational knowledge. So while yes, I wish that we could have ran faster, so to speak, I I don't think that we would have ran as fast as we can right now because there would have not been that love, that heart behind it.
0: It was so lucky though. I mean, like coming from you live from Van Vim. 145 <laughs> uh w- Service Titan, like I don't even know if we would be where we're at today without Service Titan mm-hmm. because it was adopting that super expensive program uh, that everybody was questioning on how much it costs and what is this going to do, and then going down to Pantheon and getting our minds blown <laughs> and networking yeah. with some of the. It's like me and Chloe yeah. were riding up the elevator with uh tiger
2: plumbing yeah tiger
0: plumbing <laughs> after he got off the stage and
2: we're like oh what
0: and else? we were like in awe like he's 10 million dollars and we're like asking him questions how did he
2: get there or, uh, we didn't yeah. even think you could get that big like where we're at you yeah. know we we knew that there were some big companies over here but we honestly had thought at that point in time like boom we're done we're good this is as big as we can get but then when we went down there and we're like you can be how much, you know? I think I remember seeing uh, Ken Goodrich on stage and being like, how big are uh, they? And Tom they're Howard. even bigger now. And I'm like, oh, what? It, d- it definitely opened our eyes. And then I think I just wish we
0: would have done that earlier. Yeah. You I mean, Titan. That was the rocket ship, you know? That was the first event we have ever been to. That was the first time yeah. we ever networked. Otherwise, we were just stuck in our little box.
2: Little old Idaho.
0: <laughs> so... We were just really fortunate that Titan exists and really...
2: And it cares so much. So like, much. Like, how... Uh, it's... Okay, I love, like, looking at old videos of Titan, like, what the program used to look like even when we got on. Freaking <laughs> love it. Because just seeing how much they care and how much, like, we have been able to create this amazing program and constantly make it better. Like, I remember... Uh, I don't think there's a lot of things we could do today without Service Titan, just because, like, but, how much we built around it.
0: And at first, we modified the software to work for, for what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. But if you really start to dive into Titan and you start to check all the boxes on it, that's, like, the way that you should operate your company. Yeah. And you shouldn't find any of those boxes. We're
2: like, memberships. Well turnover they were selling those uh, a turnover rate. average ticket well average sale versus average ticket or Opera, oh my options God. per op a project we didn't we did not we were anti project so yeah. <laughs> it was great it was fantastic i i loved our mindset back when we started so titan if
0: you could just fill all the boxes on service Titan, that's how a company is supposed to operate and that's the coolest part about software i remember way back in you know 2006 2007 just doing handwritten invoices. I'd get back to the shop. I would... I would read every single technician invoice. I'd have to go through like a hundred of them. A lot of them I would rewrite because the technician would say something inappropriate on it. Like I I pulled out shit and you're like, oh, you can't say that.
2: (laughs) Uh, Um, That's not a word you could use on an invoice for a customer, sir.
0: And so I'd have to rewrite these invoices and sit in there. And I'm just like, man, could you imagine if we had something? I'm sure restaurants have something, gas stations have something. But there's nobody investing into our industry and the whole time here comes service titan like a a wrecking ball and uh, and
2: didn't that camera system still had floppy disks up until like a minute ago vhs
1: VHS. for
2: the longest time come on when the usbs existed (laughs) there there
0: was softwares out there but they didn't do near what service titan was was aiming to do you know mm. what, what they were gonna especially
2: like how much they're able to tie everything together like you could get this software and then i remember i was trying to calculate booking rate back in the day when we didn't have a uh, service titan and i had to go to three different places our software to see if the job was created um an excel document a sheets document that we had the the people uh fill out to put information in and then the third place was our phone system that i had to go in there and why everything up listen to the calls and put oh i calculated booking rates though i <laughs> i knew there was a kpi before kpis existed but it was it took me like hours to figure it out oh my goodness manually <laughs> we we're
1: really lucky
2: really mm-hmm.
0: lucky
1: well so, thank service you, you. Service
2: yeah we love it Easy. i didn't pay them to
1: say that Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, it, it shouldn't
2: pay us to, if you're not watching the video. I will describe it, just it to you. To. It's, it says "Powered by Service Titan" in the background.
0: It's actually a whole Ooh. bunch of stickers that Tom Howard gave yeah. us, exactly. that we put every
2: Yeah, we just slap them on everything. Yeah. You're like you're not powered by Service Titan yet. We'll slap it on there. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness, guys. I love that. That's so, I mean, that's always great for me to hear. I've been on Service Titans payroll for about four and a half years now, which is insane. So I always love hearing these things. And I'm definitely going to share this with the rest of the team. I have one final question for you. I have literally, I've loved every second of this conversation. Um, if you had to choose one song to be the soundtrack of your life, what would it be? One
2: song? song. I
1: don't know.
2: I I feel like, okay, gotta really think about this now. (laughs) like Don't Stop Believing by Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: it like the first,
2: like song that popped in my head. It works. It works. Yeah,
0: Jeez, I don't know.
2: It's a hard one. Yeah, it's yeah. a hard one.
0: All <laughs> minds rap. So the other day, Tom Howard calls me up, right? And he's like, oh man, it got this going on at Titan. Don't tell anybody you got this going on. Don't tell anybody like that's, that's like what he says like all the time. So don't tell anybody um, that I'm telling you this, but yeah, he's like, vegan. Oh, we got this uh, country singer. He's going to come and sing at Pantheon. And his name's Brad, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, have you ever heard of him? What do you think? And I'm like, I don't listen to country Tom. I like never heard of him. So then Tom starts singing the song to me and I'm busting up laughing on the other side of the phone. Cause I'm like, like i don't i don't know who you're singing right now he's like well do you know this song and he starts singing another song and i'm like i am dying i'm dying (laughs) so i'm like uh sure tom i'm like this yeah you know go for it so uh yeah i don't listen to country i listen to you know r&b or rap and um that's just kind of where i grew up so
1: so Um, pick a song ben yeah we'll just <laughs> Go with, we could do Don't yeah, Stop you know, Believing.
2: M&M yeah, do an Eminem M&M song.
1: song. That he, uh, he sang
2: at the Super Bowl. That was one of my favorite
1: Lose ones. Lose Yourself. Yeah. The Eight Mile song.
2: Yeah. 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 Mom's Spaghetti. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's true, though. It's like the whole thing is like, you know, now's your moment. You got to take it. That's how I feel. Like a lot of times. Like when I listen to that song, like I'm like, yeah, get out of my way. Like this is my moment. You got to get up there and just start going for it.
0: Yeah, I like that, we'll go with that. Yeah, We'll go, go with, with that, that one. Okay, lose all right.
2: anyway. Yeah, lose yourself. Yep, you gotta lose stuff in the moment when you're applying and stuff and you're running for it.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I love that, guys.
2: Yep. yep. <laughs> I love some- mom's spaghetti. <laughs> Chloe, well, I up on
1: that music too. So, <laughs> so did I. I mean, I was I was vibing to that Super Bowl halftime show, just like all the other millennials. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Chloe and Ben Davis, guys, this was a delightful conversation. Thank you so much for donating an hour plus of your time for t- Toolbox for the Trades. I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> I know it did.
0: Are you looking to build a top tier service company? Service Titan's Contractor Playbook is a handy guide to help you get where you want to go. Authored by the industry's greatest minds, this free all-in-one playbook will help you set your company up for success. Learn how to provide excellent customer service, establish your company's culture, market to new and existing customers, and more. Just go to servicetitan.com slash get playbook to access the free digital guide. That's servicetitan.com slash get playbook.
1: Thanks so much for listening to toolbox for the trades to make sure you never miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple podcasts, we'd love if you open the app and leave us a rating, just tap the number of stars. You think the show deserves. See you next time.